Calling all Swifties and champions of change, Like a Girl Media is rolling out the red carpet for you with our Thrive Like a Girl contest. We're all about celebrating powerful women leaders who inspire us to dream big and push boundaries. And who embodies that spirit more than Taylor Swift herself? Here's your chance to see her live in concert. We're giving away two tickets to Taylor Swift's show in London on Saturday, June 22nd. Imagine being part of the magic, all thanks to Like a Girl Media. Entering is easy. Subscribe, share, and show us which episodes inspired you the most. Visit our website or check our social media for all the details. Don't just dream it, be it. Thrive like a girl and make this summer unforgettable. Contest opens globally. Voidware prohibited. Must be 18 or older to enter. No purchase necessary. Subscribe and share with hashtag thrive like a girl and tag us at like a girl underscore media for entry. Unlimited entries means unlimited chances. Winner chosen at random after contest closes May 20th, 2024. We'll be notified via DM. Make sure your profiles are not private. Check full rules on our site. This is your shot to see Taylor Swift live. Don't miss it. Hit Like a Girl podcast is a proud member of the Health Podcast Network. One thing I love about working with them is that they're mission-driven, which means that they're dedicated to featuring authoritative shows, hosts, and guests who take on the tough topics in healthcare with empathy, expertise, and a commitment to excellence. If you're looking for bingeable content related to the healthcare industry, they've got more than 8,000 episodes on demand waiting for you. From professional development, the patient voice, digital health, innovation and entrepreneurship, and of course, health IT, they've got you covered. So this is your official invitation to check them out at healthpodcastnetwork.com. And welcome to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. My name is Joy Rios, and today my guest is Lauren Trankel. She's the co-founder and CEO of a Los Angeles-based medical diagnostic testing service called Total Testing Solutions. She and her team have created an all-in-one HIPAA-compliant system for hotels and the event and travel industry to easily track test results and ultimately vaccination records for employees and guests. Many of us have likely interacted with her organization without even knowing it. So I can't wait for you to hear what she has to say. All right, let's get to it. I am just really happy to get to spend time with you and get to know about what it is that you're doing. It sounds like you have been a little bit overwhelmed with your work. Knees deep, knees deep. Yeah, and I'd like to hear, I'd like you to introduce yourself. What is your place in the healthcare, health IT landscape? What, how do you spend your time and work days? My journey. So I, by trade, I am a PA with a master's in public health. I was working with my husband. We have a ENT practice, ear, nose, and throat. He is, he has a surgical subspecialty practice in Los Angeles that we started with one location about seven years ago. We had one location. It was just him as the only practicing physician. We had five. We brought it from a retiring physician. So it was just him, five employees. And our whole mission at the time was to serve an underserved community because the way the healthcare system works in California, there's a lot of managed care. And then there's that 
cash and the PPO realm. And those people are served very well, but there is a big gap in that HMO world where there was a lot of opportunity for us to have really good health care for or give them really good health care and grow and expand in that community where they were just not getting touched, essentially. And we grew that to seven locations now. We have over 100 employees. We have multiple physicians that we work with. We brought on, we have a partner in the practice. And I worked more, I didn't really see patients, but I was using my knowledge base as a provider and what people need to help grow that practice, which you can imagine as COVID came, (laughs) took a big dip and slow down, but also conveniently at the time, I was trying to build our telehealth services because we have this outreach because we're, we see these HMO patients that were driving an hour and a half from like Bakersfield, California and Fresno, some of them South just because we're the only people in there, we were the only people in their network. And I was like, this is ridiculous to make these poor people and not like necessarily that they had no money. It's a lot for people to get in their car, drive an hour and a half, come see us. And the way that HMOs work, it's a pain. You can come in for like an initial visit where we say, oh yeah, you, you have sinus disease. Now you have to, we have to ask your insurance permission before we can do anything else all things that we could do over a computer. So we were already moving in that telehealth field anyways. So it was a really easy transition for our practice to move to telehealth for ENT. And we're sitting here, we're watching COVID come to fruition in LA. You're watching it happen in New York City and really take the city down. You watch it shut down. And I'm looking around going, okay, let's prepare SOS. Let's do something. And I start reaching out to our vendors to get swabs and they'd send us five, five swabs, which I thought was ridiculous. That's where it began. And it's, I can keep going on how it spiraled, but we essentially reached out to as many vendors as we could you couldn't get swabs. It was that two-week waiting list. Remember when people yeah. could visit for two weeks? We ended up getting ourselves a saliva test through Rutgers University, okay. where we were paying for them ourselves, $100 each. Like just basically, it was just like, our, it was our donation to the community at the time. Let's do something. Let's get this started. And we every test we did, it's basically $100 out of our pocket. We got no reimbursement. We didn't ask for money. We... It was just like, let's do something and let's help out. It was a time where nobody really knew how things were like, did it stick to your clothes and it translate? So I remember I was like literally changing down to my underwear outside, like on the side of one of our offices. (laughs) It was a wild time, which eventually evolved into us being able to get swabs, figuring out how to get insurance reimbursements. We didn't you know, go through the government for everybody. Those that didn't have insurance or didn't have IDs, then that's when we go get care, go through CARES Act so that everybody could get tested, but it would cost them nothing. Yeah. So, and we just evolved our growth through that. And even then people didn't want, our businesses didn't want to shut down and they had a huge underserved, you know, community working still. 
Mm-hmm. There was those people who didn't want to stop working and lose their paycheck. Uh, you think about construction companies, right? You have all these guys doing high rise buildings, driving, they were driving in from um, the Inland Empire and everywhere else. And a lot of them don't speak English. So we, instead of sending those guys off all over to get tested and then show up on the job site, we would just go to them okay. and they would provide that service for their employees. So it was one of those things that just really evolved and it was to serve those people that weren't going to stop their lives, especially, and that's why LA got hit so hard because there's a large group of people that were going to keep going to work and it's because they had to. And they also live like 10 people under a roof right. and that spread was wild and you can't, you couldn't stop them. They were going to keep going. They were going to keep going to work and they were going to keep getting exposed. And we were going to keep going to the stores to get what we needed. And our goal was just to help so that we could be there to do something. So it started out, people were coming to you and having a really like long, like basically really taking time out of their day, especially if someone's driving all the way from Fresno. Like that is a, that's a major interrupt. And then did you guys set up mobile testing? Like out, was it one of the things where people could come in outside and just do a drive-through ideal? All of our current sites still are all drive-through. Okay. And then how did people, I don't know, reserve your team to go meet them at whatever job site that needed testing? Like that's a whole process to get in place. Like one, how did you let people know that you're providing that service? And then how did they know to find you? So that was like the the inner workings of my team. And we did a lot of SEO, a lot of outreach. There there was a lot of even epidemiologists that I was working with at the time at UCLA and USC. We participated. I myself participated in some papers at the time doing research. So there was a lot of networking that we just made, we did. And so they said that we were able to provide the service and then our name would get passed on. Started with networking and then people passing our name on or finding us on the internet. And then slowly, like when you would Google us, it would climb to the top. One of the first things, you know, we did that my husband is notorious for is like he bought a, a web domain. I think he's like one of his favorite things to do is go on GoDaddy and buy web domains. Oh my gosh. He must, my business partner, Robin is like that too. She's like, it's not real unless you have the domain. Oh yeah. No, it's like, it's wild. Like I, it's one of the things that I guess working with my husband is it, we balance each other out really well. And it's not something that I think to do right away. And it's like the first thing he does is he buys like, the first 15 that come to his mind. It's wild, but... Okay. Yeah. Okay, so let's back up because... All right, that was a lot, I know. Yeah, the, so the name of your company, it's TTS, right? What does that stand for? Total Testing Solutions. Okay, and so where are you guys now? You're basically the testing site <laughs> for multiple, like, large venues. You guys just... How much of that is your daily life? testing fair a majority of my my life my current life is talking to people and emailing i used to be actually with my airpods in my ears and testing people at the same time and saying oh please keep talking and ignore me if you hear me talking to other people because i would be testing and talking at the same time okay but our company does a majority of testing right now but we've expanded into vaccinations 
obviously. We've also created a software program for vaccine verification, which has, when you talk about venues, that's been part of you know our expansion as a company. We've also provided that service to companies who are back in the office and are offering that option to their employees if they want to be vaccinated or if they say they have, they're either offering the option or people have an exemption and then are- They have to get like regular testing, right? So it's a HIPAA compliant software that your employer doesn't know whether you're vaccinated or you're tested. It just says that you're clear to be at work. Okay. You're clear, you're not clear. That's all they know. Okay. And it's- in our HIPAA compliance server, same it's the same thing that we use when we're at venues. You must have some real insight into the inner workings of the evolution of opening back up because we're starting to see conferences start to happen again where people are and seeing the different ways that people are addressing, making mm-hmm. sure that the everybody's safe. So it's gone from making sure you're, you've got masks indoors, but everyone's got their verification to on-site testing. And then the rapid response of those testing, those ones that are like tests that are available for in 15 minutes. And then just it's everywhere. I went to a soccer game and you had to have your, your vaccine verification. You guys must be super busy ultimately. Yeah, it's been very interesting in that. Think back to last winter like last holiday season was really busy and people were still getting pretty sick and it was pre-vaccination very busy and then it started to slow down after that and then like june 15th people were done people were like we're done with this we're sick of it they were covid exhausted Mm -hmm. they're straight done and so for us it was very abrupt moment where everyone was just like, we don't want to do vaccine verifications even. They, a lot of venues were just like, they said we can be open. So we're going open and that's it. But now I think with after the summer, there were changes and different regulations put in place. And so people are coming back around to what need, what they need to do. So we're trying to assist in that and help people just do what they need to do so everyone's safe. And whether that be any sort of testing, whether it be vaccine verification, whether it be a combination of both, we're just trying to assist in that process and whatever makes the most sense for the for them. And it's PCR testing, it's antigen testing, it's vaccines. We just did an event where it was vaccines, vaccines only. They weren't allowing people who were tested back if either you're vaccinated or you're not. Yeah. So it's all over the board right now still. I think for the most part, we're still heading in that direction where you have to be vaccinated or tested, masks, but we're participating and helping people get there. It's a little bit like this weird new normal of just, okay, what are the right? Nobody quite knows, but I imagine you have the most insight into what people are doing on a whole. What are the... It's mostly you have to be vaccinated and you have to be tested. Okay. It's, it's you have to be vaccinated or tested within the like a 48 to 72 hour window always and that's for travel and that's for events yeah are there any stories of people where you've been on the front end of people there's been a lot of drama and 
anger and yeah. Have you experienced any of that yourself? Yeah. I've personally tested people at their workplace where they've argued with me about the validity of the test. I've had people question where the swab was you know, originated from and if it already came with COVID on it. And this is like at their workplace where I've had to tell people, like, I'm not the one telling you, you have to get a test. I'm just here to perform the test. <laughs> I'm not the one asking you to get it. I've had people, the most problematic pro- like issues we've had have been when you call people to tell them that they're positive and they want to, and they're not so keen to that. And there, there have been a few people who want to find that's that sliver of a problem that could have happened where they got a false positive so they can get out of quarantining or whatever it may be. And those have been probably the biggest issues to date. The silver lining is we're not the one making the rules. So we have that fallback where we're just, we're really just We're here to assist in how the venue or how people want to do it. Whether the airlines, the country, the venue, the workplace. And we're trying to do it as safe and as best as we can. Yeah, I've been in a similar situation, not to the same degree, but just being of like the job of being the messenger of, hey, I don't make the rules. I'm not somebody who's here to tell you this is what I want. I'm just here to help you understand what the rules are and get you through to the other side. Yeah. And that's always, it's been a little bit helpful to be able to kind of transform people's anger at the rules of being like, oh no, it's not, it's not me. (laughs) I'm just just here to help. (laughs) And then I think, And this is what we have to remind ourselves as a team. And what I try to remind my employees of, there was a definitely a time where people were, when we went through the surge and labs were backed up, no matter which one we work with about 14 different labs, all amazing. They're great. They were so overworked. Those poor people at those labs worked endless hours and they worked so seven days a week. 24 hours a day. They, the, those people worked so hard during the biggest surges. And some people had to wait more than 24 hours for the results sometimes. And boy, were they mad. And then you think like the human on the other side of what they're trying to do to get people the information that they need. That that leads me to an interesting question. What have you, what changes in technology have you seen in just getting the answers more quickly? Has there been any technological changes that have e-lab verification or like ease? So one thing that as a practice, we've always known, my husband and I, we've complained about this since the dawn of time. Medicine is technologically like 30 years behind everyone else. It feels don't like hold that as like a hard stop as the truth, but medicine still uses facts. This is a pager. It's insane. And so when this hit, this is still in that era. So have there been advances? Yes. Have there been new systems in place for crawling data and getting that out? We created one ourselves. We found that to be faster. But at the end of the day, what you're finding out is we have to, for medicine, we have to work with tech and tech yeah. has to work with medicine. Yeah. And that is something 
that really there are a lot of there are some tech companies that came to light during this pandemic, but they're not in medicine. So they, in my opinion, some of them don't really they fall a little short because yeah. they don't have that medical background. And then there's others that are doing fairly well, but it, it's not like they happened overnight. No, it takes for ages. I used to work for a lab. And so they used to use UPS or mail service FedEx to get slides back and forth to the pathologist. They'd be overnight air or whatever. And I've you know checked in with them recently and I believe what they're transitioning to is now just taking high-res images of the slides themselves and yeah. sending those over to the pathologist. And Apparently what's what's better about it is that it's they get more detail, the slides don't deteriorate mm-hmm. and there's it ends up for the most part being a better system overall. You get quicker answers and you don't have to have a, a warehouse filled with slides. <laughs> right? And how many lab techs probably dug their heels in the sand before that had to happen? Oh, I'm sure tons. Because this is the way that we've always done it. But when you imagine how many people, medical practices that are like on a first name basis with their UPS driver, they're coming in on a daily basis to go pick up these slides. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I got even the guy that comes to my house that drops off things sometimes. I'm like, damn, that's crazy. But yeah, no, it's medicine is antiquated. And there is, I mean... I'll tell you what, even when we were putting our patients in telehealth, which I thought was going to be this great service, don't drive two hours to come right. see us. For a doc, like for my husband to come in and be like, yeah, you got ear problems. That's true. Can't do anything right now because your insurance will not allow me to do it until we get your next authorization. Yeah. Anything. How do you do telehealth? I'm sure you do video visits or whatever, but there is the real, you can't look inside somebody's ear. Yeah, sorry. Video, right? That's that's a poor example. But there are certain visits you can do. Sure. Just telehealth, right? And get a history and say, you know what? You need to come in next, but we need to get an authorization from your There are certain ones that you can do like that, correct? Absolutely. That example. But I wasn't sure, to be honest. I'm like, I know that they're doing stuff with eyes. People are like, and and there's a bunch of apps where people can say, oh, download this particular app on your phone, take a selfie or whatever, and they guide them through it. And then that image is something that the doctor can see. Or there's follow-up appointments even, like how's the medication doing? Should we stop? Exactly. But there are patients that were pissed and they were like, I don't want to have a video call or phone call. That's crap. Like I would rather have the face to face. Okay. Like there are people who are, they, and they, they want their handwritten notes. They want their handwritten prescriptions. Like they don't, they describe, Ooh, they hate that. Wow. There's even patients that hate it. Sometimes you feel like you're in a losing battle. I agree. Well, you can't please everyone. And sometimes I don't know that tech for the sake of tech is always a good solution. Just because you can make something technical, like sometimes a simple like solution is the best. I like, for example, I have electric windows in my car, but I'm not against it. I've had a car where I'm like, I'm happy to roll down my window. Right. Well, like then if something breaks, like I know it's a lot easier and cheaper to fix than yeah. yeah. So there was a lot though. The thing I think that that really held us up the most 
was as a company in the beginning. And like I said, we partnered with so many labs as not so that we didn't hold ourselves up with any backlog at the lab. So if one lab was having like a, a little bit of a delay, we could swing over to another that was maybe a little ahead of the game and vice versa. Or if we're working in different parts of LA, we knew we could go whatever was closest. Now imagine going, all of those labs have their own portal system. Yep. All those, <laughs> you have to go crawl through those portal systems, upload those individual labs to their patient you know, portals in our EMR and then give them their result. That's just all That's a lot of schlep. That's a lot of schlep for some individual who's either entering data or finding the right, you know. And then multiply by thousands. So that was, we literally started off by, okay, we're doing like a few hundred, like not a big deal. Even then that was time consuming. And we had um, virtual assistants, HIPAA compliant uh, virtual assistants helping us. And if that wasn't fast enough for people. So that's when we had to turn to creating a software. Which... So, okay, so tell me about the software. You don't just go from being a doctor to now I'm like a software development developer. Oh, that's why my software people hate me. I'm like, I make them repeat themselves all the time. I'm like, I'm sorry. Excuse me. You're going to have to explain what that means. I don't talk code. Yeah, so we created Link, which is a software program that was originally just created to crawl the portals of all of the labs that we work with and upload our patient's data into our electronic medical records, which then would shoot out their data to their emails. It wouldn't give them like a positive or negative. It just said like your, it, your result is ready in your patient portal. Log okay. in, please. So they get an email. It basically, it, it's the communication, right? So you no longer need to call that patient to tell them, you know, Here, what... Please check your portal. Oh, I'm sure that was actually helpful, even just for your staff of not having... Are you on call? If did, did somebody, ha- if they're positive, does it give them somebody to call you? You would call them. <laughs> in the beginning, it was like myself and Dr. Trinkle. It was... 3 a.m. we'd be like in our beds. Then they'd freak out and understandably and be like, you just need a quarantine. <laughs> it was like, and we felt so bad. You know, have to talk, you'd be so tired, but you you want to make sure that you, these people knew. It was it was exhausting. But eventually we got a plan. We also expanded providers. We have a whole PA group now. We still make phone calls to all of our positive patients. Okay. If you could give yourself, like, from a year and a half ago, some sort of pep talk or piece of advice, what would you tell your past self of, like, you're going to get through this? (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) Steady. Honestly, I thrive in these things. I, like, joke that I was, like, half asleep, but I was really, like, thriving. Like, I loved it. Still waking up, like, every morning, going for a run. I live for these things. So I was like, oh, we got another one. Let's like, I want to call it. It was like almost a competition. Let's do this. Yeah. So it wasn't for me. It was more like 
okay, like now we gotta go. We gotta move. We gotta move. Something it sounds like that's something that drives you like and it has from the beginning of how can we serve the most the people who need it most. Exactly. What's the next what's the next thing that can evolve? So what are you looking forward to? So we are going to we have we're extremely busy in this space that we're in right now. But what we have decided to evolve into is a total health service is what we're going to be calling it. And it's going to expand on what we currently have, which is the COVID testing, the in-office, like back to work form, but offering on-site telehealth services for companies and employees. So at a low and very low cost per head, but we can charge people's insurance. Now people can, because I think this has really woken people up to how they feel about being sick in the workplace, being sick in general, like no longer my assistance here. If James is here coughing, I'm going to get out of here. I don't want you around. He's going to start coughing now so he can go home. That's not going to be okay with people anymore. So having that on-site telehealth service where say Sally's sitting next to Bill and Sally's packing up a lung, Bill's going to like, go home. What if she want, doesn't want to leave? What if she wants her hourly pay? And the battle of opinions should be in a, of a provider, not an HR manager, not some hourly on-site manager. Put them in front of a computer. We can charge the employee's insurance and have a true telehealth visit. We can monitor an on-site COVID test or flu swab that's read right there, and we can make that clinical decision. In addition, you can offer that service that expands for your employee if they just want to have a quick visit and not lose, you don't want to lose half of a day going to a, sit in a physician's office and wait. And like sometimes people wait an hour to see my husband. Now they can pop on quickly, talk to somebody, and they can even order tests. Say they want to get a thyroid test that gets sent to their home and they send it back and then come back in. And they can have that consultation real quick, but not lose that productivity. Yeah. And, well, and I think and benefit even- employer as well. I know I lose employees sometimes for a full day because they have to go to the doctor's office. Of course. That sounds like a great idea. And not even necessarily like one for productivity, but all that time of just sitting and waste, being waiting could even be spent like with your family or at home, like doing something other another form of production that's not necessarily work living your life for your employees and then on top of that just a basic occupational health service being there on site if somebody hurts themselves say in construction or we're in la movie sets music sets some people fall they hurt themselves being that for on-site initial trauma so that we can service a larger group. It sounds like you guys have a lot on your plate and you're going to continue to have a lot on your plate. It's just going to grow. But if people do want to work with you or find you or use your services, what's the best way for them to do so? Find us on online at uh, totaltestingsolutions.com. Okay. Is that the, that's the winner of the domains of the 15 that you guys got? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right now, for right now. <laughs> For sure. Okay. Any Twitter or any social? I think you can find it all on there too. All on there. Little testing solutions. Yeah. Lauren, I feel like I could continue talking with you, but I want to respect your time and just say thank you for spending this time with me to get to know what you're doing and all you're doing to service 
like not only just greater LA, but everybody who's going through a tough time and your services have definitely been needed and I appreciate your attitude towards um, service. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. You can learn more about us or this guest by going to our website or visiting us on any of the socials with the handle hit like a girl pod. Thanks again. See you soon. This episode is brought to you by Chirpy Bird Inc. CMS's Merit-Based Incentive Payment System, or MIPS, is super complex. And if clinicians ignore the program or perform poorly in it, it can result in a hit to their revenue and reputation. Chirpy Bird is proud to say that more than 95% of its clients are exceptional performers in MIPS, meaning they've maximized the score that directly translates into their Medicare reimbursement rate. Chirpy Bird offers their audit-proof services to practices of all sizes through an affordable monthly subscription that includes unlimited access to a regulatory expert who guides them in knowing what data to track, how to create workflows that make capturing that data easier, and ensures that they submit it all to CMS on time and performing at its best. Contact Chirpy Bird today or learn more at chirpybirdinc.com. That's chirpybirdinc.com.